We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Everybody and welcome back to another edition of the Dynasty Tradecast. I am, as always, am your host Eric Bertsloff, better known on Twitter as at Dynasty Trades. This episode brought to you by MyBookie.com. Yes, that's right. As always, I'm not British. What's up, y'all? <laughs> hello, it, hello. Can you clap your hands? What, what just happened here? <laughs> The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. <laughs> I don't know. I was doing, doing some nursery rhyme and then he interrupted me. So there you go. No kidding. Okay. Well, uh, I mean... There's been uh there's been some big news since we last met, boys. I mean, I last met with you like two weeks, so yes. it's been like you missed the Amari Cooper trade, you missed everything. I know. Well, I'm here for for Hugh Jackson at least. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to just pour gasoline on the fire. Um, and you know, I'm excited for more Browns talk. Really, is what I'm mostly excited about. Of course, <laughs> this podcast also also brought to you by the Cleveland Browns. There it's inevitable. 
<laughs> uh, so as I mentioned, we will talk through uh, some of the news that came out this past week in this episode, and then we will move on to uh, a fun game, an in-season game, Nathan. We're going to play Rookie Dynasty Shark Tank. Um, I mean, really, if you're not watching Shark Tank, what are you doing? Nathan's tweet about it. It's like the worst tweet I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you know, that guy had the same exact voice as Jeff Fox, where they like put put the two voices side to side, and they're the same person. But that that translated so poorly to Twitter, and you thought I got to tell the world about this because uh, I did because I was like, "That's Jeff Foxworthy." I was like, "Oh wait, it's not Jeff Foxworthy." So now, now, not only have I tweeted it, but I've wasted like at least forty seconds on a podcast talking about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Dynasty Shark Tank for those that haven't played or are new listeners, uh, we will walk into the tank. We'll take turns being the entrepreneur slash seller of a dynasty asset, and the other two will. Uh, beat that person up over the valuation that they have for their person. And this is going to be rookies this time. So uh, with that, let's go ahead and dive into the show. And a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz radio network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to the awesome show Rotoviz Live. That's our weekly Sunday morning show answering all of your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just five bucks a month. Uh, and you can provide exclusive, and it, it does provide exclusive access rather uh, to Rotoviz Live. So that's four shows per month on top of the already 40 plus podcasts you get for just five bucks. Become a Rotoviz radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part to help support the network and this show. Um, help us produce and continue to produce high quality industry leading programming. Speaking of exclusives, uh, as Frank barks in our background, which is also exclusive to this to this podcast, which is yeah, kind of impressive. Except for the <laughs> is on, which then he just brings it to other podcasts. There he goes, and to and to Instagram or Snapchat or whatever the hell he does. Um, anyways, whoa, whoa, whoa. I will hear no podcast. podcast. <laughs> Nate dog walks the dog. I will hear nothing of that. All right. So, as a loyal podcast listener, you—that's you—with with the ears listening. You can get a 30% off Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage. That's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. The season is among us. We are week eight. Uh, and make sure you're ready for the remainder of the season. Gain unlimited access to all of our NFL content tools. So you get amazing value and support, and you get to support the podcast network, not the rest of that. Once again, that's rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. I mean, I have just a question for you, Dan. And how is this? How are we among the season? That doesn't. <gasps> season is among us, Frank. <laughs> oh God, this show is way off the rails. Nathan closed the blinds already. That dog is losing his mind. All right, <laughs> while Nathan closes the blinds, Dan, let's do some chit chat about our favorite topic. Again, sponsored by the Cleveland Browns. Hugh Jackson has been released. Todd Haley has been released. It's a bloodbath. What do we think? So I don't really understand the Todd Haley move. I, I guess I get it a little bit. If you move one, you got to move the other. Trying to get rid of any offensive that is in there. It, it sounds like I mean, it, we kind of all assume that no one liked you. Uh, even just <laughs> watching the uh, the HBO series, I, I don't think really anyone was super in love with you. Um, kind of a kind of an idiot, it seems. Obviously, we know he can't coach because even with the the miserable roster, they they've come with come by like what two wins in the last four years. So, uh, I, I mean, it was inevitable. We we knew 
we knew it was coming. I'm surprised it took this long. Uh, like I said before, I didn't really understand the Todd Haley move. I figured he, if anything, would be moved up. But um, now it sounds like they've got the uh, the Bruce Arians protege in there uh, as the offensive coordinator, which is a little bit exciting. That's That should be exciting for anyone that's a fan of Nick Chubb, anyone that's a fan of Duke Johnson, um, because Bruce Arians knows how to use his running backs. And, and uh, if this guy's anywhere in that same category, he will uh, – He'll be right there with them. Yeah. The, one, the, one question, Dan. Right, right. Uh, how many protégés does Bruce Arians have? Because a guy who we're talking about later in the show is also a Bruce Arians protégé. So <laughs> is the entire league one big protégé? He has he has a big umbrella, dude. He's a big dude. Uh, <laughs> Andy Reid tree, man. Or the Bill Belichick tree. Protégés. It's, it's just like they're all cousins at this point. Yeah, well – they're all uh, they're all interesting at least. Well, it's really just like every coach in this league comes from like four one of four places is really what it is, and it just branches out. Uh, but I, yeah, Todd Haley one's fun, uh, and I, I I just think he was villainized so much that the front office then bought into the villainy that Hugh Jackson like put him on. So it's I don't know that's probably a mistake, but yeah, it should be interesting to see. Uh, where the team goes from here because it certainly can't be worse like the team's played decent but the scheming's just been awful so let's pivot real quick and chat through what it does for the skill position players because lord knows we don't talk about the brown skill position players enough but (laughs) does it change any valuation for you or give you any more faith in any particular players dan you mentioned the running backs well uh, yeah i mean I, i think i don't think nick chubb can really go any higher than he's been he's He's kind of he's kind of one of those guys that and, and Nathan alludes to it quite often. Uh, the talent wins out, uh, especially when we're talking about elite assets or elite prospects. So I think Nick Chubb was going to be successful one way or another, whether the coaching was bad or not. Um, I, I think he kind of maintains. I do think we see a little bit of an uptick with Duke Johnson. I think they work him back into the offense because they all know how good that guy is and what he can bring. Um, and I think we see an uptick with Baker. It, you know, after after this first game, it looked like he was kind of frustrated and struggling and, and the play calling really wasn't all there. And then once Hugh started to try to get his hand back in that cookie jar, it went even, you know, even more off the off the beaten track. So uh, I think I think everything kind of maintains where it's at. I don't know that anyone's really um, really sunk any value other than other than Duke Johnson. So. I think everything maintains for now. We'll see what the new coaching staff brings, and and we'll see if any of these players are are rejuvenated by the move. Yeah, I think that this is the best case scenario for Baker Mayfield. I, I think that it's kind of similar to in the NBA. You know, the, the elite assets, the elite players pick their head coach, or they basically become the head coach of the team and and decide what what happens with the franchise. Maybe a little bit less so with the NFL at the quarterback position, but I think that Baker Mayfield will have like a part in this coaching search in the in the off season. And of course, everyone is already already pointing to Lincoln Lincoln Riley of, of Oklahoma as a potential candidate to go to. Um, the Browns, but even if it isn't Lincoln Riley, I do think that they are going to, you know, go with a coach that is going to be a fit for Mayfield and is going to be using Mayfield to his highest capabilities. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest jump is, is Mayfield getting his hands on kind of from catered catered from the start because the the front front office is going to be so invested in making sure he's successful um, since he looks to be pretty good for the first time for any any Browns. Uh, QB in a very, very, very long time. I guess Derek Anderson aside, of course. <laughs> Tim Couch. Ooh, Tim Couch never looks good. What? <laughs> My dad still has a Couch jersey, and it is. Yeah, 
I actually we we as a family decided to upgrade his jersey. So that was how old that was. I think one of the most promising things of this whole of this whole situation now that we see this move made is that Dorsey's kind of taken over the reins, it looks like, because Haslam was the Hugh guy. He, Haslam was the reason that Hugh never got fired. Uh, and, and now it looks like Dorsey may have full control, which, it, I mean, that, that really couldn't be any better for the Browns. Honestly, he, he's a lot better at making football decisions than, uh, than Jimmy Haslam. So I think, I think long-term outlook, this makes all the sense in the world. And I, I hope Dorsey continues to make all the decisions rather than Haslam still you know trying to force his way through like jerry jones does yeah and i think we can we can pivot from there unless you have anything else nathan and kind of talk about other hot seat coaches um cutter garrett mccarthy all um ones that come to mind here um so i will ask the question of nathan who's next here is it your beloved dirt cutter here (laughs) there's nothing uh beloved about dirt cutter uh, but and I mean, if we're talking about in, in season firing, I do think that of those three, he's the most likely to to be the case. But I think that if it's off season, I think Garrett is probably the first to go. Yeah, I think I think Garrett is is again another one of the ones that's long overdue, uh, basically just a puppet for Jerry Jones. Uh, but I, I think I agree with you, Nathan. I think that's an off season move. I don't think that's an in season one. Um, I, you know, I've been saying Ketter should have never even gotten that job. He, he definitely should be fired at this point, but McCarthy is probably one that I think is, it just kind of has to happen at this point that that team has not been good for a decade whenever they won their, whenever they won that Super Bowl. I don't remember what year that was, but since then that team has been horrible. And a lot of it's been through coaching, obviously Aaron Rodgers when healthy has still been Aaron Rodgers has been unstoppable and they somehow seem to continue to lose games and a lot of it's clock management and all that garbage. So I think, I think we see some values and some, some player changes and things like that with the head coaching changes. But um, yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to, to be sitting here and only having one coach fired thus far. And when there's a lot of really bad ones. All right, let's get the dynasty spin on this one. If there's a coaching firing that you're looking forward to, whose dynasty value do you think benefits most, Eric? Is there one that comes off the top of your head, or is there a player that you're looking forward to getting in a new scheme? I mean, Eric. Well, let's okay. McCarthy is the obvious choice because that that team, like that team, clearly has a ton of talent, and there's just obvious coaching mistakes being made. That if you were to just I don't know go into Bizarro Land and Andy Reid was running an Aaron Rodgers offense with Aaron Jones dear God, it would be awesome to watch, but that's, that's not what's happening. So I think that's an obvious one. Um, and I think the value for Rogers would climb. I think Aaron Jones value would climb. Uh, that's the person that pops off the page to me as being very, very talented. That is not really getting a fair shake right now, or is not getting, uh, is having Jamal Williams continue to try to eat, um, well eat and eat into his, uh, into his time on the field. Uh, so that's that's a talented team. I would say all of the assets would would rise if McCarthy were to be let go. But I, honestly, Cutter, I, I'm not sure that the, the Tampa Bay players can even get more valuable right now with the way they're playing and gunslinging right now. So I'm not sure whoever comes in is going to improve on the situation in Tampa Bay, at least from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, so I'm not sure that Cutter leaving does anything. I think it just creates chaos, and right now there isn't chaos. So if I'm holding the skill position players for Tampa Bay and I'm winning this year right now, 
I'm I'm praying Cutter makes it through the season because they're just going to continue to be down a ton and then gunsling their way back to almost beating my Bengals this week. Yeah, my, my take on this would be the number one player to gain value from coaching change would be Amari Cooper. I think that, he, yes, he he just showed up, but he is in desperate need of a coaching change with his new home. So once Dallas gets a new coach, I'm going to be a lot more optimistic about uh, Cooper and his future than I, I am at this moment. Goes from horrendous franchise to horrendous franchise with equally bad coaching. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think I agree with you there, Nathan. I think Cooper's probably – um, if he can get, see a coaching change and Jerry Jones doesn't keep his puppet on board, I think he stands to gain the most. Um, I don't think really anyone in Tampa is going to gain anything if if Ketter leaves. I think the, the thing that will gain them the most is getting rid of Jameis, honestly. I think that's the more important move than, than the coaching, honestly. All right, let's move on. I swear this is the most coaching we've ever talked in Dynasty Tradecast history. Yeah. Uh, Hashtag coaching uh, matters. Coaching matters. Uh, I disagree with that. But, you know, we have Josh Rosen and the uh, promotion of Byron Lefwich to the offensive coordinator position. Um, Byron Lefwich was the first NFL jersey I owned, so I'm a hashtag Byron truther. Um, But anyways, uh, Josh Rosen, he had his best game of his career with Byron Lefwich as the offensive coordinator. They actually started started to use, the you know, the guy who's one of the best running backs in the NFL, David Johnson. Uh, Rosen. Rosen had 252 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, got involved uh, in the running game a little bit. So, yeah, Rosen, I, I think that it, it's only going to get better from here. Uh, you know, it's been a, a not good start because the, the offensive line's been bad. The weapons haven't been playing well. But Fitzgerald has the best game of, of, of the year. Kirk was playing well as well. So, I mean, I, I called the Cardinals a, one of the, you know, sleepers to be the number one overall pick. If they play like they – I mean, this I know it's 49ers, but still, if they play like they – did this past Sunday, they might ruin that chance a little bit. Yeah. And, and I mean, again, we're talking more coaches, but yeah, Mike, Mike McCoy being fired. That was inevitable. We were talking about the staff being fired. I think week one, right. Um, <laughs> I think we were like, God, what are they doing today? <laughs> uh, which, which I mean, that was the most obvious, that was the most obvious thing that was happening, but it, yeah, it was just brutal to watch. So yeah, I mean, there's certainly hope there with Leftwich taken over. I'm not going to pretend to know what kind of coach Byron left with what, yeah, Byron Leftwich is, um, but he's a player, so I assume he understands to some extent um, how to make an offense go. So um, he's a guy. He's a guy that I'm interested to see where it goes from here. But I think just the change from McCoy is so necessary. And I mean, honestly, David Johnson was playing his floor for the first seven weeks of the season. So getting him back out there and starting to get him catching passes, which is going to pull him off of his floor, I think is going to be really key. And that's what I assume is going to start happening here. I think this this one is massive for Josh Rosen because he seems he seems like the guy that that needs to be led by someone who's relatable. And what's who's more relatable than a former NFL quarterback who's still relatively young in the scheme of things? Uh, that's that to me is really important for Josh Rosen and his growth. And I think we see him go right back to where we were kind of all projecting him as as the number two quarterback in this class. Uh, I think he's got all of the skill. I think he's starting to be surrounded with the right talent. Obviously, you know, Larry Fitzgerald ending his career as Rosen starts his uh, is a nice way to, you know, kind of a, a little send off to get you kind of breaking in or broken into into the league. And, and obviously now you have uh, Christian Kirk, David Johnson, who should be around for a little while. Uh, and I think they'll continue to build around him. So I think this is a big move for for Rosen. 
and uh, another big move for David Johnson, who just kind of needed that usage back and some really <laughs> just even mediocre play calling would help. And we finally saw some of it. So I think I think the Cardinals are a team that are going to start to be on the up and up, at least offensively. That defense is pretty bad, um, but that has a better a better outlook for Rosen as a fantasy producer. So I think I think this is a good move for for all parts involved. Well, let me let me ask Nathan: Are you, if you're contending, which I this is purely hypothetical, by the way, uh, but if you're contending, are you trying to buy low on somebody like Fitz that can maybe pull you down, pull you down like the down to the championship lane here? Because because I assume they're going to get start getting him more involved, and that offense is going to start turning as Dan kind of just mentioned. He seems like a player that you might be able to purchase for like a third at this point for somebody who's like he's going to retire, he's going to retire. Uh, two days ago, you could have got him for a third, but after he just had his best, you know, performance of the season, I, I think that it's going to cost you a second, which I'm fine doing. You know, if you know, it's your second and you're a projected playoff team. That's a fine, you know, trade to make if you're looking for, you know, some depth or anything like that. But I, I don't think you're getting for a third anymore. If you follow FF Dynasty Dan on Twitter and read his weekly Dynasty recaps, you would have known to go and buy Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, I didn't predict a massive game, but I was talking about buying him because he was eerily too cheap and being not used. And it was again, inevitable that he was going to start being used again because it was clear he wasn't washed. It was clear that he wasn't being used. So uh, yeah, I, I think, I think that windows closed one big game will do it. Uh, I think it'll take a good second, probably a high second to get him now from anyone, unless they're completely out of anything. Uh, that's about your only opportunity. So I think if you're going to go shopping, it needs to be a little bit circumstantial. You need to find a team that is out of it uh, and looking to get younger. So that that's that's probably your only move right there if you're looking for Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, I would say anybody who's out of it comes to mind as just being the target. But yeah, you're exactly right. Because I think there are legitimate fears that he does retire at the end of this season. Mm-hmm. So uh, interesting. Any other, any other winners in that situation? Or I mean, to me, I think it's just again, an overall bump to the overall value of all of the Cardinals skill position players. Yeah. And, and basically props to the, the Cardinals for not like saying, sticking their heels in and say, Hey, we're going to continue to have a bad coach. They, you know, they fired the bad one and put up the good one. So there you go. Well, this is the second year he's been fired, right? Like mid season. Isn't that right? Uh, something like that. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Last time he was a head coach. but <laughs> Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, let's good. let's go, go to our next topic, and it's going to be Will Fuller and his torn ACL. Yes, I know many of the dynasty analysts like myself say, "Oh, injury prone is not real." Da 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 da. And um, uh, Will Fuller tearing his ACL is not good for that brand. Uh, Dan, is injury prone real? Um, I, I don't know that it's 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 never one hundred percent. Obviously. <laughs> Uh, I think some guys are, I don't want to say more susceptible, but I, I just feel like, I, I feel like the same guys get hurt over and over again. Now, I, I don't want to believe that, that it's just like, well, their body parts don't work. Uh, maybe it's the way they play. Maybe it's the way they run. Maybe it's the way they do certain things. I don't know. I'm not a doctor, but uh, this one stings what? a little bit. He was, <laughs> he was, he had been a big buy for me uh, while he was out earlier in the season. And then he came back, blew the whole place up, and then got hurt again. So uh, this one stings, but I think 
I think you kind of you kind of wipe the dirt off and and you go start buying again because he's going to be back for next season. Uh, the turnaround on ACLs isn't what it used to be, and and he'll be he should be ready and should be just fine for for the 2019 season. Um, the only worry now is uh, what Kiki Cutie does. Does he blow up? Does he turn into Will Fuller? Uh, I don't well, think I mean, so. they're two very different players. I mean, right, 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 right. Yeah, not I even close. Think, to I don't the think same. they. I don't think they intersect too much, to be honest. If if Kiki Cootie goes bananas, then I still think there's a spot for Fuller when he gets back. Right. They need. They need the burner. They need the guy that can get behind the defense. Uh, there's been talks of you know Deshaun Jackson going there and filling that role with Fuller out, which I think makes sense if you can get a short term valuation on him from a draft pick perspective, making that move back and forth. But Fuller is a perfect guy for that offense because you have arguably, I would probably argue that he is the physically the best uh, wide receiver in the NFL, not just this year, but just in general in DeAndre Hopkins with your, you know, your elite possession receiver. And then you have the deep, the deep ball guy in Fuller who can't really catch, but when you have a big time quarterback in uh, Deshaun Watson, he's going to just hit you anyways. So all you have to do is hit him in the numbers, which he did on that perfect throw uh, in his long touchdown this week, so yeah, I think I think uh, Will Fuller will be back, no problem. I think you start buying again for those that uh, maybe are panicking on him being hurt a lot. So to answer your question, Nathan, I don't know if injury prone is real. It's it seems fluky, but at the same time, it seems like there's some correlation there. I mean, to answer that question, there's certainly types of injuries that leave you susceptible to more injuries of that type. But I don't think we can say his ACL is one of those things. I do think that it's worth pointing out here. And I think I I say this every time we have an injury like this, that isn't, you know, a patellar tendon or something that's going to be career threatening is we're talking about a torn ACL at this point. This is not a big deal in the NFL. Give it two weeks, wait for the value to plummet on Fuller, people to forget he's as good as he is, and then you can start buying him for a pretty reasonable price tag. But don't do it now because people are still going to be stubborn and wanting the old price because they're sad. Let it sink in that their valuation is now sunk, and then you can go purchase. Yeah, and I think that you can probably get him around like a 112, 201 type valuation uh, once that value sinks down a little bit. I would be now. Yeah, I'm not going out targeting Fuller, which I probably will be. I'll be trying to get him for a second round pick valuation if I could pull it off. All right, let's close out our topics with Jameis Winston. I feel like we've talked about him getting benched, promoted, benched about eight times already. So let's just do this one quickly. Jameis Winston benched. Uh, Dan, is this for good? Um, not meaning like for good, the good of the team, but I was like, is, is this Jameis Winston done in Tampa? Is Jameis Winston uh, done in Tampa? It is for the good of the team, but no, I don't think he is done in Tampa. I think we see Fitzpatrick uh, for like another three weeks, and then he dies again, and then they put Jameis in in like the second half, and he throws two touchdowns and like an interception and a fumble, and it's like, well, that's good enough. I might as well put him back in. Um, he's not good. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, I think that class now, uh, we can we can basically turn and look at it and be like, yeah, we're kind of all out. That that class has turned into to doo doo between him and Mariota. So, um, yeah, I'm done with Jameis. Events too, man, because that was everybody was all in on these two. Yep, and now we're pretty much all out. I, I don't, I just, I don't see it with him. I, I, to be fair, I didn't really see it with him to begin with. He's had some flashes and put up some decent numbers, but it's just not. 
I, I don't I, I don't want to call him stupid, but he's he just doesn't seem like a smart kid. <laughs> That's the second player you called dumb today, by the way. I think um, I will point out if you go back in a time machine to like two off seasons ago and you were to, to tell somebody that Winston was going to be less valuable than Jared Goff, everybody's head would have completely exploded. <laughs> but uh, that is that is the reality is this group that we thought had a complete dud and it didn't. And then, yeah, I mean, I think, I think Winston's probably done in Tampa Bay, to be honest with you. I think that they're just going to go a different direction. They're not going to want to pay him all the money. Uh, I don't think that, I think they've recognized. And I think with this benching, unless the coaching staff is to get fired, which is probably likely, but that it's that the coaching staff is at least recognizing like, look, this is not the future of the franchise. That's not the direction we want to go. And I don't think Winston's done much to prove otherwise. So from a valuation for Winston, I assume his, his dynasty value is going to plummet here, um, but he's going to get a second chance somewhere else. But I, I guess what are we doing? If, you, if you're in a super flex league, which we talk about pretty regularly here, uh, that's probably the place where I'd be interested to hear thoughts on what you guys would be doing with Winston. Are you trying to sell him now for a nickel or are you trying to buy him just in the off for a nickel, just in the off chance that, you know, he lands somewhere good next, next season. Yeah. Now, now is not the time to sell him in Superflex. I I think that when he signs with a team where it looks like he's going to have a starting job, then will be the time to sell him. Um, But as far as buying, I mean, I'd buy for a late first and Superflex just on the concept of, starting quarterbacks are worth a first and super flex, especially ones that, you know, project to have a few years left in the NFL. And yes, Winston has been playing bad, but he's, he's going to like, even if he doesn't get a, you know, six year mega deal, he's going to get a multi-year deal as a starting quarterback of an NFL team. In my opinion. Yeah. Age and age and production gives him still some value. Uh, and, and Dwayne Brown talks about it a lot by, you know, buying players at this stage and you can hold them before and sell them again before they even play another game. It's those big news items like signing a big contract with a new team or being traded or whatever it happens yeah. to be. You can make a really easy profit just by doing that. So I think, I think honestly, I don't love the ability, but there's, there's value to be had. So I think if you can go out and buy them, like what Nathan was talking about, a late first, if people are selling for late for quarterbacks for late first that have starting potential, and and at that age, I think you'd be silly not to make that deal. Uh, obviously, don't go around giving away a bunch of points to go acquire a quarterback that may not be playing the rest of the year. But if you can give up uh, rookie capital for it, I think I think that's an easy win. Oh, this is fun. You know what else is fun? Watching football. And it's even more entertaining when you have some action on the games. We've been telling you about mybookie.ag for weeks, but it still kind of seems like some of you guys aren't really getting any skin in the game quite yet. Whether you're an expert or a rookie, you should be betting on mybookie. If you're the kind of guy or gal that likes to bet a little and win a lot, playing the numbers on roulette, you can create big parlay. Pick three teams to win, and if you hit all three, I mean, you could very easily turn 100 into 600. I mean, that that seems like something even Nathan could do. Honestly, what... What are you doing? If you're not betting there, get to betting. There's there's so many different things to bet on too, which is so much fun. Obviously, as football fans here, we're going to be betting on football. But they've got what you know, basketball seasons here, hockey seasons here. Even sometimes we get some good UFC cards you can bet on. What's what's more fun than that? So my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. Again, we've been talking about it for weeks. So honestly, if you're not in there, you, you got to get in there. It's so much fun. We recommend these guys because we really trust them. We, uh, my bookie has been in business for, for years. I honestly don't even know how long it's been. 
at this point. It seems like we've been talking about them for years. Uh, they've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is super easy to use. And like Nathan always alludes to, when we, when we have to go through this, the mobile site is kind of the big key for this because who wants to do it on their computers? The mobile site is absolutely fantastic. So uh, my bookie, uh, because of popular demand, is going to offer a 100% bonus for, um, for one more week this year. That's right. Uh, if you've been thinking about putting in some money, but you haven't manned up quite yet or womaned up, you know, both of those work. It's time to make that move. After Sunday's kickoff, you can kiss that bonus goodbye. So make sure you get in there. You uh, put in your uh, your money, and they'll they'll match it, which is absolutely awesome. So make sure you're following uh, my bookie on Twitter at betmybookie. Uh, they're also on Instagram, so that's that's fun. Uh, the person responds to every mention in DM. That's something not a lot of places can say that they do. And uh, they've given away nearly ten thousand dollars in free money to their followers this football season. That's that's more than what like the three of us make in a year at our normal jobs. I don't know math very well, but I think that's right. <laughs> so you want to log into MyBookie right now. Don't miss out on your last opportunity to collect the industry's biggest bonus. Use promo code Eric. Promo code. Yep, Rotoviz. Rotoviz. R O T O V I Z is your promo code, and you get your first deposit matched at one hundred percent. You play, you win. You get paid. Heck yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and play a game, which is going to take up the rest of our evening with you or morning or afternoon, whenever you're listening to the show. And that's Rookie Dynasty Shark Tank. Now entering the tank is a running back who has had a good season, but maybe even better in the second half of the season. Hi, Sharks. I'm a running back who's uh, – no, I'm not. I'm an, uh, I'm an owner, uh, a team owner that has an asset who's a, a terrific running back and who's recently seen a swell in valuation. Uh, my asset is uh, Nicholas Chubb of the Cleveland Browns, of the now uh, Hugh Jacksonless Cleveland Browns. Um, I'm here to try to obtain a, an early first and a second – and real quick, I just want to go through some dynasty polls that I've thrown out. Uh, Nick Chubb, now more valuable than Sony Michelle in dynasty trades per polls that have been out. So he's uh, he's got a valuation that's, that's on the climb right now, and he's looked good in two weeks, and now they're going to offensively scheme to make him work. So uh, I think that an early first and a second, I'm thinking like a top three first um, and a second pick um, is probably enough to seal the deal for me. So. Uh, what what say you, Sharks? I tell you what, there's some promise with your company, uh, but I, I do worry about good old Duke Johnson. He did sign a contract extension, which will limit the pass catching abilities of Nick Chubb because Duke Johnson is one of the best catching running backs in the NFL. Very fast, as they say. And I, I we, we talked about earlier in the show how Duke Johnson may be even more involved with any offensive coordinator. So basically, I'm telling you all the reasons why you are not valuable, and then I'm going to go ahead and make you an offer. So my offer is going to be, I think the, I think you might be a little, your company might could use some wide receivers. So I'm going to offer you Cooper Cup and John Brown. Yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup's an interesting piece. And I, I think when you're talking about valuation, I think Cooper Cup's a mid-first valuation now, um, with John Brown probably being a second-round valuation right now. So it's a little bit short of what, um, what I was looking for. Would it be okay if I hear all the offers, Shark Nathan? 
Go ahead. Well, well, hello there. Uh, I'm also quite interested in uh, in this brand. It's, it's, this seems very promising. Uh, I do like the recent moves that you have made by, um, you know, kind of getting some new coaching and and uh, offenses on the rise. So I, I think this this man is pretty promising. I can't get you all the way to your original ask, but I think I can get close. I'm willing to offer you a non-top three 2019 first and an early 2019 second. So where where's the first in the middle? 104 or later. Any any of those? I mean, 104 I would, to 106. Let's let's give it a zone of 104 to 106. I, I would one the 104 to me sounds sounds reasonable. I think I'll hold though at each of these offers. Um, I think that the people go crazy in these situations, and and his value is probably going to be inflated further than it is right now. So I'm going to be planning to sell um, at that at that valuation, but I, I'm probably going to hold and try to get that early first plus a second and and turn around. Uh, my investment of a pretty early first uh, round draft pick early on. So, but wait, will you counter one of us for the sake of content? What, what, what right, for the sake of content, sure. I would like the uh, 102 and an early second. How's that? You're the worst. <laughs> you, you, are, you are, in fact, the worst. And for that reason, I'm out. I'm out too. All right. The... Uh, yeah, the the other the other poll that I put up right after this is uh, Dalvin Cook for Chubb, and it's Chubb by a lot, which seems right. Um, so just throwing that out there. So, all right, let's go ahead and welcome our next asset and into, and owner into the tank. Uh, we have Nathan bringing his asset of a rookie running back who came out of nowhere to have a valuation far higher than any I think any of us could have ever imagined. Hello, Sharks. Today, I am presenting 100% of my company, Philip Lindsay, Denver Broncos running back. And in exchange for Philip Lindsay, I would like a mid-first or a young wide receiver equivalent to the value of a mid-first. So for me, uh, I think that my my company has lots of short-term value in the fact that I'm better than Royce Freeman, and I think I'm getting. I know I'm getting the majority of the touches in that Broncos backfield. I, I have I have more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley is worth like eight firsts right now. So that means I should be worth like 12 firsts. So I have more rushing yards than Saquon Barkley. So me asking for only a mid first, I'm basically like underselling myself by like three firsts. So uh, you should, guys should trade it for me. Interesting. Well, that was a very, very, very bad pitch, Nathan. But uh, but I, I can't disagree. I'm intrigued by your asset, Philip Lindsay. And actually, as a shark myself, I'm having a rather tough time valuation on Lindsay and I think it's just my uh you know internal sharkness that says don't overpay for an undrafted free agent uh but here we are and and you're absolutely right I think your ask is pretty fair um so if you're looking for a young wide receiver um what would you do here's what I'm thinking I'm thinking what if we do a DJ Moore the first wide receiver in the draft for Lindsay straight up this is a very, very intriguing offer. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to listen to the other sharks. 
Well, I, I uh, find this one very interesting as well. I'm not in love with with it, but uh, I think I think it provides some some useful fantasy product for some, some fantasy production. Hey, uh, I'm going to offer the other side of that Carolina Panthers wide receiver duo uh, with a little bit of sugar as well. I'm going to offer you Devin Funches in a 2019 third for Philip Lindsay. Ooh, this is tough. This is pitting my two loves, Draft Capital and Devin Funches, who is also Draft <laughs> Capital. Um, I would, uh, for just for the record, I would rather have either of these offers than, than Philip Lindsay. I think that uh, this is a huge sell opportunity for my company. And right now, uh, just because I'm going to shoot for the upside, I will take Eric's offer of DJ Moore, first-round wide receiver. That I have a book, and the book says if you get offered a first-round wide receiver for an undrafted rookie running back, you have to take it. So I, I've answered the book. All right, accepted. Yeah, that's that would be a trade I would have a real tough time really stomaching out there. But it's probably fair valuation at this point right now, um, which is crazy because if we go redo a startup draft right now, where does Lindsay go? Top five? Easily, right? No, no, no. He's a first-rounder. I think he's late, though. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, I I think he's right around where DJ Moore gets selected, which is probably, what, 106? Yeah. So, so mid. Yep, mid first. Um, okay. Uh, Nathan, you want to introduce Daniel's company here? Now entering the tank is a player who is – generated more bad fantasy team names than anyone in NFL history. Hello, Sharks. Uh, I'm very proud of those bad fantasy football team names. They honestly make my my uh, my player, my running back, look like a superstar that he is. The running game has returned to Detroit. I'm sorry, Detroit. The Lions have their best running back since the man himself, Barry Sanders, now, while we're not quite on that level, we are producing. We are currently only running in the uh, RB2 area, but I project big things coming for the rest of this season. And, of course, we are talking about Carrion Johnson. He has, again, put up some nice running numbers this season. He's already got 200-yard games, and no one in Detroit's done that in like a bajillion years. So, Sharks, I am here looking for one mid to late first and a future random first for this buzz-filled Detroit rookie or a wide receiver equivalent with potentially slightly less value. Um, Nathan, I I would love to hear uh, if you have any interest here. Um, at this valuation, I don't, don't necessarily, but this is a classic scenario of me digging my heels and I didn't love him as a prospect and he has shown some promise at the NFL level, but I just can't buy in at this valuation. So I, I will say what I mean, just, just to throw my hat in the ring, just so it gets thrown right back at me. I will offer you a late first and a early second in next year's draft. Well, I appreciate your offer. Um, before we move over to the other shark, and again, I, I do appreciate it, uh, I will throw in that he is averaging 6.1 yards per carry. Now I know there's a lot of speculation that yards per carry doesn't matter, but I think that's an impressive number. So, uh, Shark Eric, I would love to hear uh, your take here. Yeah, no, I mean, I think Karrion's been very interesting. I concur with Nathan that I think your ask is pretty steep here. Um, 
two firsts is is a lot for a guy who was a late first round draft pick in the offseason uh, this past season. Granted, he's looked great. He he, sh- he shows to be the bell cow, but um, but I, I just don't think I can stomach giving up that much. Um, I think Nathan's offer is a little light, um, so I'll go ahead and just offer you a. Uh, you know what? I'll offer you the mid first, um, and we'll just call it that. Um, I don't think we want to throw in the future random first as well, but let's let's give you a mid first on the high on the high end. Let's call it one hundred five for carry on, and that that'd probably be the best offer I could do. All right. Well, I appreciate both offers, um, Nathan. Again, thank you for your offer. I do agree that it's a little light. Uh, I will counter back to both of you if either are interested. And go for that mid first plus uh, an early to mid second to see if that gets us home. Uh, I appreciate it again. Thank you guys. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll take it down to the one hundred five. You know what? Let's do if if we can take it down to like the one hundred six. I think I can throw that in. But the one that, I think that's where I'm I'm gonna have to plant my flag, which is still keeping roughly the same valuation. And I'll be out because I can't match that. All right. Sounds like we're in business. All right. Well, come give come give Daddy a hug. Come on, <laughs> come give me a hug. Um, we did it. Yeah, I mean that's that's probably market value for him, but it's a steep price to pay right now. Now, now is as Nathan often says, probably not the time to go out and buy Carryon Johnson. No, I I recently. I, mean, I, got, I, was, I don't think there's going to be though. I, I think that this is like his median value. Like, yes, he might dip a little bit, but I don't think that there's going to be like a time where he's much less valuable than he is right now. And I don't, yeah, like I told I told you before the show that I went out and traded for him, and I I kind of had that similar feeling. I wasn't on carry on, um, you know, pre combine, pre draft, pre everything. Uh, I didn't see him as a special player. I thought he was just a good player that wasn't really bad at one one aspect, but he wasn't great at one aspect. I think he was just solid across the line. And mentally, I mistook that for weakness. When honestly, that should be a strength that he's not bad at anything. Uh, so I recently went out and bought him for um, Jarek McKinnon, Jamison Crowder, a 2021st and a 2022nd on a top three team in the league, uh, and will should maintain there. Every my team's pretty young, so uh, just kind of trying to consolidate some assets into one one better asset. So and honestly, that's probably a little bit steep if you hold any any value to Jarek McKinnon. But outside of that, I think I think that's a win. All right, I agree. Let's go ahead and wrap up the show. Um, well, as a, as a reminder, you can leave five-star ratings and reviews on this particular podcast if you enjoyed it. Um, you could say, hey, thanks, Eric, for editing. It's really nice that you put in all the Shark Tank sounds. And <laughs> you can go to bed at a reasonable hour. You could say that in your response and leave five stars. That would be greatly appreciated. Uh, we read every single one of them, and it really helps other listeners find us. Um, which is why we ultimately do this. So uh, make sure you got, get the five-star ratings reviews. Check out our sponsor, mybookie.ag. Um, and uh, for Nathan, Dan, and myself, we'll catch up with you guys next week. Nathan.
Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. The Gap Factory Labor Day sale is happening now. Hurry in for the best deals of the season. 40 to 75% off everything. Plus doorbusters August 30th through September 2nd only. Tees from $4.99. Logo styles from $16.99. And jeans from $19.99. Shop in-store today at Gap Factory or at GapFactory.com. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.